Welcome to the BBB National Programs podcast, Better Series, where we will explore top of mind topics and self-regulation with business and industry leaders. Together, we seek to understand the leading trends and innovations that continue to push the envelope in today's marketplace. Thank you for joining us today on the Better Series podcast. I'm James Lee. Once upon a time, businesses relied on word of mouth to help build their brand. And that literally meant word of mouth. No websites, no review apps or social media accounts to amplify your voice or opinions beyond that occasional letter to the editor in the local newspaper, the print edition of the local newspaper. Fake reviews were reserved for movie posters. Do a Google search for fake reviews today, and you'll get more than 91 million search returns. The endorsement of other people is, in many respects, more important than ever for businesses of all sizes, which means a fake review can be devastating to a company's revenue and reputation. Joe Roerlich is the chief revenue officer at Bazaar Voice, a platform used by more than 6,000 global brand and retailer websites that allows customers to share reviews, questions and answers, and social photos. He's here to discuss what can happen when fake reviews make their way into your marketing channels. So, Joe, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure, James. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about this. Well, let's start by talking about how this all began. You know, user reviews are are relatively a creature of the internet age and really of the social media age. So what did we do before all of that? Well, I actually thought your story at the beginning teed this up really well. This is the quick story I usually tell, and it explains kind of how our company got started. Um, I'm based in Austin, Texas, and under normal times, we get a lot of visitors here. When people come, the thing they want to do is they want to have great Texas barbecue. Uh, And if you imagine a day maybe before the internet or even just a a day where you didn't do your research online beforehand, you landed in Austin, you and I were walking down the street and we wanted to try the best barbecue in town. Uh, We saw two barbecue restaurants across from each other. Both of them are open. Uh, both, uh, Both definitely have barbecue. But one difference is that one of these stores has a line of people that go out the front door and around the block. The other one is relatively empty, plenty of seating. Well, and if I asked you which one has the better barbecue, you would just intuitively know the answer to that. It's got to be the place with the line. And that's because really, as you said, as human beings, we're just hardwired to try to find this signal that, okay, this... Uh, this camping spot must be safe. This uh, food can be trusted. This product must be great and is worth my time. And so really ratings and reviews are just the online version of that same very human trait um, coming into, uh, into our phones and into our websites as five stars. And they've become really commonplace. But when we started Bizarre Voice 15 years ago, our founder was actually trying to shop for a stroller for his new baby daughter. I had no idea where to look, what to do. Came on to what at the time was a very new website called Amazon and saw this thing, (laughs) ratings and reviews that he was unfamiliar with. Uh, And for him, it really sparked that light bulb that this is, again, this is sort of the way we're hardwired, um, that shoppers around the world will become ultimately become reliant on looking for this sort of information online um, and that there's a need to help brands and retailers to uh, to bring that to life. Yeah, we used to talk a lot in branding, in classic branding, and it was all about awareness. It seems to me 
what you have, are, are talking about here now is in a modern and contemporary brand that awareness is great, but a positive review is better. Is that fair? It's actually a really good way to think about it. You know, the because we have these devices at our fingertips, um, awareness, you know, that um, that sort of aspirational notion of uh, the, you know, the Dove brand soap, uh, you know, appears enticing to me is now kind of getting needs to be backed up further down the funnel where the consumer has a chance to say, you know, um, even though I've heard of it and I think it it sounds great, I actually want to go check. I want to see what other people have said about it. I want to see how other people are using it. I want to ask a question about it. And so it really, if you think about that traditional marketing, it's basically that awareness on its own doesn't get it done because the consumer is going to ask a few more questions first. Now, you touched on something there, you know, that you're going to look at what other users' experience are. Again, back in classic marketing, we look to experts to tell us. We look to celebrity endorsers to tell us. Now, we're looking for that star rating and we're looking to influencers. Um, how, how, do, how, does that, how does that come about where we, we've come from trusting the, the expert to we trust each other? Well, I think it's it's a, actually something that is evolving, I think, pretty quickly still. Um, you know, and it's interesting. We do find that depending on the category, oftentimes consumers are looking for that combination of both expert and uh, peer opinion, although even the form of the expert is changing. You know, so a really good example of that are uh, there are a number of beauty websites and beauty brands, uh, kind of a one that's emerging very quickly is called Glossier. And they have experts on their website, but they're not celebrities or people you and I have heard of. Um, they're sort of micro influencers. So they're real people, uh, but who are, are passionate and are kind of built a community and a little bit of a brand around themselves based on their expertise in skincare or beauty categories. And so I think we really just see this evolving. It's kind of democratizing, you know, the um, the landscape in some ways. And it's even getting into consumers becoming the salespeople, in effect. Um, so we see, you know, we see brands who are whose products are being really being resold by other consumers, um, you know, maybe in favor of the traditional wholesale uh, or retail or, or B2B sales process. You know, if I'm a business person and I'm trying to now utilize all of this, it sounds like from reading your research, one of the potholes I have to worry about as a business leader is this concept of a fake review. Um, who, who is what, what constitutes a fake review in your research and who is it that's writing them and when what, what what is it that I need to be watching out for if I'm the if that's my business somebody's using a fake review with yeah no it's a it's a great question and I think it is a pretty hot topic I mean the reason it's become a hot topic is because increasingly businesses of all kinds have uh, have become very familiar with the business value and reviews right so uh, you know a product can increase its it's online conversion by 10% with just one reviews by 30 plus percent with over a hundred reviews. And so that's created uh, essentially competition and urgency to, you know, to have reviews. I think this applies to businesses of all type. What's come with that 
uh, awareness of the value of reviews is the is are two things really. One is the presence of uh, what we'll call fake reviews or fraudulent reviews, um, mm-hmm. trying to you know, essentially game that system for um, you know for advantage uh, by uh, you know uh, advantage or disadvantage uh, for a brand. Uh, but then, um, in addition to you know, in addition to that, you also have a heightened just consumer awareness of and and maybe a critical eye from consumers. Uh, I think when I talk to folks, you know, they're oftentimes say, "Hey, I I rely on reviews, but I'm I'm wary of them. You know, I'm look I'm looking for signs that they can be trusted." And so I think we're just becoming more aware of that. Um, you know, and and so I'll I'd love to get into a little bit. We've done a number, a, quite a bit of research on this topic because you know, for our business, you know, frankly, we think uh, without without belief in in reviews, we don't have, you know, we don't have a business. And so it's, we want to play a leadership role in, in kind of protecting the consumer in that regard. So I can, I'm glad to kind of step through some of the, yeah, some of the research, if that would be helpful for you. Well, it would, because, you know, you've, in your research that we've now referenced obliquely, let's talk about it specifically, is you really draw this connection between trust and brand and loyalty and all those things that people want in their business. So you've, you've really, you've, you've, you've provided the backup for why this is important, but also what you need to look out for. So let's go for it. Let's talk about the research. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, We've done research with, uh, you know, with consumers directly to really start to get their perspective on, on exactly that question. How are they being more critical around reviews? What are they, uh, and what is the impact of fake reviews or even the perception of fake reviews? And I think that's probably an important point. Um, and so I think maybe as you'd expect, you know, when shoppers suspect that a product has fake reviews, 31% of them are saying it's a product they're not going to buy. And I think maybe more telling, though, is kind of the knock-on effect, is that it actually, for 26% of them, is saying it actually impacts their overall trust in the brand. Um, and I think in today's age where the consumer has such abundance of choice, you know, it's it's something you really want to protect. And, um, and because, you know, loyalty of an existing customer is, you know, is probably worth infinitely more than, than the effort of just of acquiring a new one. Uh, and, and so, you know, the, the folks who we heard from basically said that it, even to build on that, you know, as they lose trust in a brand, 82% of them said they'd avoid using that brand again in the future. Uh, and so we know basically that, you know, that authenticity is, is a hot button or fake reviews is kind of a hot button for, uh, you know, for the consumer. Um, and, you know, and let's get a little bit into the reasons why, um, you know, why it can happen or the different, different kind of forms that it can take. Um, you know, number one, I think it is, there is a lot of gray area around fake reviews or, uh, or perception on it. Uh, it can start off though, in the most black and white form, which is really, um, you know, proactive trolling activity. This could be a, um, uh, an organization leaving negative reviews on another competitive organization, as an example. Um, 
it can be there are um, we are starting to see programs of automated submissions. So think about um, basically a spam, a you know a bot that is uh, that is automatically leaving reviews, um, and this might be to pump up the the reviews behind a brand or to again or to discredit a competitive brand. Um, we also see self promotion by employees. Um, as uh, as another form of fraudulent or fake reviews, and then I think you know the uh, the other area, and this will tie in a little bit to I think what you need to be doing as a brand is you know we see any sort of practices where a brand is is limiting the basically fair and balanced display of their reviews. So if they are removing negative reviews, as an example, that is. While it's not the creation of a fake review, it really has the same effect in terms of impacting the consumer's trust um, and and believability uh, around that brand. So I'll, I'll kind of pause there, see if uh, if that opens up any questions for you. Well, it, it, well, it opens up a couple of them, <laughs> yeah, uh, not the least of which is clearly authenticity is is important here. But how as a business leader, am I, how can I judge whether something is authentic and how can I judge if something's problematic so I know what to do um, to, to correct that so I don't have either truly inauthentic posts or the perception that they're inauthentic? Because both would have the same effect, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. And, and I mean, I think there are certain things you can do as a business owner and there are certain things, you know, that you're ultimately you want to either kind of look for in a service. And then one thing, you know, it's interesting is that, um, you know, a lot of consumers said they expect um, they expect government to play a bigger role in regulating this uh, as well. And so that may be, you know, that may be one of the answers. Um, in general, you know, we you know the approach that we take and that we think is is pretty critical is requires a combination of of technology for fraud protection. So this is really think of the same sort of technology that credit card uh, your credit card processors are using to identify fraudulent transactions. It's basically looking for patterns in uh, you know in the case of reviews, it's where the reviews are being submitted from. As an example, um, and that is a big source of uh, you know of, of detecting and blocking uh, fraudulent reviews. It's also looking for patterns in the reviews themselves. So you know if you see on your business or on your brand that there are several reviews that all are using similar language, uh, that is oftentimes, and we do that not just through technology but through human being moderators. That is oftentimes a, a red flag that something is amiss. And so, you know, for for us, it's really, uh, you know, we believe it's really a it's a combination of, of those approaches. The other things, though, that I think you can do maybe that are more proactive and I think are less, def- I put it this way, they're more playing offense versus defense are number one is to really aim for uh, for transparency. So I'll give you a real simple example uh, as a business owner, you might have given a, a particular promotion or a perk or a free product to a customer, and they may leave a review on that. And that's, uh, that is just fine so long as they're transparent on this. Uh, you know, I was lucky enough to be given this product for free, um, and now that I've tested it, I want to share my opinion. And so disclosure is a big deal around reviews. 
And for consumers, just seeing that disclosure creates much more confidence in you know, in the transparency and in the authenticity. Another version of that is a verified buyer. So somebody who you can verify has actually owned your product or tried your restaurant or what have you. Uh, that is, uh, you know, that is another thing you may, if you look around, you will see in reviews and it's, it's, a really designed to help give the consumer more, uh, more transparency and more confidence in what you're ultimately, what you're ultimately showing them. You know, uh, sort of last question, you know, we've, we've just gone through a period of intense, <laughs> to be, to be kind, intense online uh, retailing and other and other online activities with, you know, the the country being locked down in in some form of self isolation. Um, did did we see any lasting changes in behaviors? Did we? What is it too early to tell? What What do we think is going to be the outcome of such a rapid increase in everyone going online? Yeah, well, um, you know, I'm I want to be a fortune teller on this one for sure, and I'm uh, we're all asking that question. Um, and I'll tell with you some of the data, and you know, and we have this. This is available on our blog. We're updating it weekly. Is like you mentioned, and uh, and because we, you know, we're a brand no most people have not heard of as consumers, but are interacting with every day across you know your the retailers that you shop. And we do know that we were all shopping more online. So we've seen, just as an example, basically every week since the beginning of March, we've seen a growth in online shopping across our retail customers and online ordering. Um, and it is it has grown every week, starting at about a 14% year-over-year increase up to now 88% year-over-year increase oh my in, goodness. in ordering, <laughs> which is you know pretty wild. The thing that's kind of interesting with the, you know, with the reviews and the feedback is that it it lags behind that behavior, and so um, so we did not see an increase for a few weeks, but now we're really seeing it over the past three weeks. So just this past week, we're now up to a fifty percent increase in reviews being submitted year over year, uh, and a fifty percent increase in consumers' questions being asked online at these retailers year over year. So it's, I, you know, it's the, what we know is that those numbers are, uh, I mean, those numbers are, uh, are massive. We, you know, our best, our belief in general is that they will subside at some point, but there'll be lasting changes as a result of this. Um, and so, you know, we look at the changes by category, the biggest for us, the, one of the biggest growth categories in terms of people shopping online, like you might not be surprised by is food and beverage. So, Many, many Americans are shopping online for groceries for the first time. And we think that's, uh, especially talking to our customers, we believe that's something that's going to persist. Maybe not at the level it is today, but it'll it'll persist, uh, you know, longer. And so I think, again, you have folks who are just becoming uh, of different generations and different backgrounds, becoming more accustomed to shopping online. It'll make us more reliant probably on this this kind of really important content uh, that at the same time we need to trust. Um, and, and I think it'll increase, it'll put a greater onus on, on businesses to, you know, to really make sure they are, they're preparing for that new and smarter consumer. Well, it is clearly something that uh, our, our business uh, businesses and business leaders need to pay attention to because it is an indicator of, 
the marketplace is dynamic, it's changing, and we need to change with it. So, Joe, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Appreciate you having me. And thank you for listening to the BBB National Programs Better Series. Don't miss an episode by subscribing at our website, bbbprograms.org. Click on the podcast tab and hit the subscribe button. You'll find all of our episodes there where you can listen on your Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, or your favorite streaming platform. You just enjoyed the Better Series podcast. Be sure to tune in next time for a brand new episode. To learn more about our other shows, visit betterbusiness.blueberry.com. That's betterbusiness.blueberry.com. Follow us on Twitter at BBB underscore NTL programs. Send your comments and ideas to podcast at bbbnp.org. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests, not those of the BBB National Programs or its affiliates. This podcast is for information and educational purposes only and is copyrighted with all rights reserved. This podcast is protected by Blueberry's Terms of Service.